Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 6 of Banter with Bells. On today's episode, we have one of the nicest guys I know, Samu Elisaya. Samu spent a majority of his childhood in the Salt Lake area where he grew up playing football. Samu eventually was able to live out his dream of playing Division I football at the University of Utah. Currently, Samu runs the Fellowship of Christian Athletes program at the university and is also a photographer for the Utes football program. On today's episode, Samu and I were able to talk all about faith, football, and family. I hope you all are able to sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation. Yeah. So is this your second year with um, like film and video with football, or is this your first year? This will be third. Third? Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah, it's really fun. I, it's, it's, it's a good way to stay around the game still. Because mm-hmm. um, like, I was going to go, I was thinking about going to coaching because I wanted to stay around football, but I don't know. I didn't really want to. There's yeah. a, it seemed like a lot of commitment. And um, growing up as a coach's kid, my dad always moved around a lot. So I didn't necessarily want that. I just wanted like some stability. Yeah. So it's cool to stay around football and stay around the guys, but also in a different capacity. Like, Will you ever travel with the team? Um, honestly, now I think so. There's a, there's one guy that was with our creative team, full-timer. He uh, stepped away for another job. Mm-hmm. And so... Now we're down to two full-time and then a part-time, which is me, and then, like, three interns. Okay. So I think I would be the next up, but we'll see. Are you working with them every day? Um, I usually go in every Monday and Wednesday just to see uh, just to see if they need anything. But usually, like, my my role is to do photo shoots for the recruits that come in. Oh, okay. And then um, also, like, game day photography. When the recruits come, are they getting their pictures taken in that one room? Um, on the football facility mm-hmm. yeah that or like we do we use different backdrops so like when you walk in to go to the cafe you know the there's like that red and white wall on either side there's like a red wall on the left or the right a white wall on the right like right when you walk in mm-hmm. with all the trophies and stuff yeah 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 so we use those as backdrops too so it just kind of depends nice doing, so and when are recruits normally coming like fall um more in the spring now so the ncaa changed the rule where you can take official visits it used to be only during season, mm-hmm. but now you can take them in the off season. So more people are doing it in the off season. Okay. So, were you able? Did you do anything when? Um, oh, what's his name? Zach Wilson when his brother came. Yeah, I took his photo. Oh, really? Yeah, pretty nice guy. He's really, really cool dude. Yeah. Okay. So I actually, I went to a lot of football camps with Zach, so I know his family pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Because he went to Draper. Well, he's from Draper, Mm -hmm. right? And you're from South Jordan. Yeah. Which is very close to Draper. Yeah, it's like it's just across the the thing that separates us is the I-15. Okay. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Bingham High. Yeah. Oh, go Miners. Go Miners. Yep, exactly. So with your football career. So I guess starting with your dad, did he play football growing up? Yeah, so my dad um, played football from Little League to high school, and then he went back to Samoa. His his family moved when he was in, like, the sixth or seventh grade. Okay. And grew up there, did high school ball there, and then got recruited off the island um, to go play football in Iowa. And then... um, Going from Samoa to Iowa. Yeah, it's a big, (laughs) big, big difference. But, uh... um, What's it called? After that, he started his coaching career. He wanted to get into coaching is what he's doing now. And then that's when our family started. So my sister was born, and then not too long after I was. Were you all born in Utah? No. So I was actually – so me and my older sister were born in Iowa. We spent two or three years there. Um, He got a coaching job in Kansas, uh, coached at Kansas, 
my third sister or my second sister under me, the third sibling, was born in Kansas, moved to Michigan, and then Michigan, um, my little sister was born. And then we moved to Kentucky when I was about seven or eight, stayed there for two years, and then when we were 10, we moved here. Okay. When I was 10, we moved here. And you moved here when your dad got the coaching job with Utah? Mm -hmm. So yeah. has he always been a strength coach, or did he do football he, sides of things as well? Yeah, so he started off as a position coach, um, but after my sister under me, Lisa, the third child was born, my mom was kind of like, I can't really do this on my own anymore. And so he still wanted to be a football, but at a lesser capacity, like strength coaches are still with the team, but they're not always recruiting, they're not always on the road. And so that's what he, he ended up going when we moved from Kansas or Michigan to, to Kentucky. So Kentucky was his first like time being a strength coach. And was that at UK, University of Kentucky? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was that his first D1 job? That was, yeah, that was his first like big break in terms of like D1 and everything. Um, he coached, at, while he was there, he coached guys like Rondo, um, there's some, a couple other big basketball names that were there while he was there. And then after three or four years, um, got the opportunity with Coach Witt. So he came, I think, a year after Coach Witt got the, the, the head job over here. Okay. So he was never here when Urban Meyer was here? No, he got here right after. Coach Witt. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So he's been he's been here for a while then. He's been, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of unheard of, but it's also unheard of for a head coach in football to be around as long as Witt has. And so my dad just kind of found a good thing. It's been a blessing for him, so for I, us, yeah. I think Coach Witt is like tied second for longest tenure mm -hmm. in college football for Division One. I. I think, who's the first? I, I remember seeing a stat about this. It's so, like an Iowa or Iowa yeah, State coach? Yeah, I think it is Iowa. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because he's so, like 23 or 24 years. Yeah, so... The dude that's at Iowa now was uh, my dad's was coaching while my dad was playing. Did your dad play at Iowa? Um, no, so he played at a small school in Iowa, Iowa Wesling, and then um, a bunch of his friends transferred to to Iowa, and they they all played there. But he stayed because he felt a little bit of loyalty to the guy that recruited him off the island. But he could have gone. Nice. So he was a my dad was an NAIA All American. He was he was pretty good. What position? D tackle. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now going to your football career. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm assuming you played like Pee Wee and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And then you came here when you were 10. Mm -hmm. And then was it just public school, Bingham, football, mm -hmm. middle school, high school? And you were a linebacker? Yeah. Yep. And then you originally started at Snow College? Yeah. So um, I had a lot of looks after my senior year. So like I took a visit to the University of um, Idaho, okay. the Vandals. And then I took some a visit to San Jose State and took a couple unofficial so people were looking at me but it was all kind of the same thing where it was like we gave out a bunch of our offers but if dudes don't take them on signing day they're yours and it just happened to pan out the way where everyone took their offers mm -hmm. and so then snow college came in a couple of days later and we're like we'll, we'll offer you and we'll see if we can get you out to a to a bigger school so that ended up being my route there how long were you at snow college for um so three semesters so i was there for a season yeah, I was there for a season, and then I played my second season there, and then transferred that the that like spring that spring, yeah. So in Snow College, that's located in Utah. Yeah, Ephraim, Utah. It's about three and a half to yeah, three and a half hours from here. Okay. Um, from home, from my like from South Jordan, it was probably like two, two and a half. And there's not much going on down there. Yeah, right? it's one of those uh, you blink and and you miss it type of towns. There's a there's one stoplight. There's one gas station. Um, any restaurants? 
I mean, the biggest thing they had, and and anyone that's from there, I'll tell you, the biggest thing they had there was McDonald's. Okay. <laughs> and McDonald's came there like two years before I got there, which was like 2016. So it's kind of crazy. So then from Snow College, you went to the University of Utah, mm-hmm. and that was for the 2018 season, 2019 season? It was actually, so I got here the, the, f- the fall or the spring of 17 and then came and then played my, my first season at 18. Nice. So, yeah. And how many years were you here playing? Three seasons? Three seasons, yeah, so three years. Um, what was it for? Yeah, man, COVID did a number on my timeline. But, uh, yeah, I think it was three. 17 to three is when I was here. Okay. Yeah. Enjoyed every minute of it? It was, yeah, it was a blessing, man. It was it was really awesome to be a part of and just kind of see um, – not only because I've always been like an outsider looking in, especially being a coach's kid, and it was cool to see, like, be on the inside of it and be a part of it. So I really enjoyed my time. What did it mean to you being able to be coached by your dad? Is that pretty cool? Yeah, it meant everything to me. Um, that was one of my one of my biggest dreams, like growing up playing football. Um, when I was finally old enough to understand, like, I always thought my dad was like kind of crazy because he's he's not now, but he used to be a high energy guy, like running up and down the sidelines. And I was like, man, my dad's kind of kind of crazy and then when I was finally old enough to understand like it was just his passion for the game I was like I want to play for him mm-hmm. and so um unfortunately enough I got to so you know and then 2019 that was the year that Utah had a really good football season correct yeah that was when we got to our first um Pac-12 appearance okay yeah all right. Um, switching topics. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I met you through FCA. Yeah. You've uh, kind of taken the helm of Utah FCA. Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, tell me about like the transition um, from like Josh to you and all that goes into running FCA here at Utah. Yeah. My story with FCA was is pretty, pretty unique. So I I never knew what FCA was um, until I got to college. So I got here, um, and I got invited by a teammate. I was in. My first year here, uh, I asked my dad, like, what's the biggest thing, like, you know, you guys expect from, from dudes that transfer in, whether it be JUCO or, or other schools? And he's like, just put your head down and go to work. And so that was kind of my mentality. Um, <coughs> but it was funny because I didn't, I didn't want to, like, make relationships because I was, like, the new guy. I figured people were just, like, kind of the same thing, like, just go to work, like, don't, uh, everything else will come. And so, um Went probably the first three weeks without knowing anyone, really. And I get in the ice tub, and there's this dude named Johnny Capra. Okay. And he starts chopping it up with me, and I was like, oh, this is a cool dude. And then Was he a linebacker as well? No, he was actually an offensive lineman. Okay. Yeah, he was an offensive lineman. And, um, I mean, anyone that knows those guys, they, they definitely look big, are big, and, like, play big. But they're also, like, very down-to-earth, really cool guys. And so... Got to talking with Johnny, and after a while, there was like a little bit of an awkward silence, and I was kind of like, ah. and then uh, out of nowhere, he kind of asked me, he's like, Samu, are you a like, are you a believer by chance? Like, do you believe in like Jesus Christ and, and God? And I'm like, yeah. I was like, but like, what made you ask that? And he just said, I felt led to. And then he ended up saying, he's like, well, I have a, a group that I oversee. He was the, uh, called FCA, and, uh, you know, it's a fellowship of Christian athletes, and I think you – He'd be a great fit there, and just wanted to, he invited me to come check it out, and so um, from there, that's when I got introduced to it, and from that point, I kind of got to I got introduced to a bunch of people, Josh being one of them, um, uh, and then from there, I just really started to grow 
I kind of got to see like how um, God really started to work in my life uh, just from being around people that are were after the same things that I was like like right, playing my sport um, doing my thing but also like growing in a relationship with Christ and uh, got to my senior year I actually it was it was COVID was my last year and uh, I had one more year of eligibility because of the COVID year and I was fully planning on taking it but I felt like I was fully planning on taking it but also felt like my time was done like it was just time to hang it up which was kind of weird um, so then from that point kind of wrestled with it but then landed on like just hanging them up and retiring okay um, but my mindset was if I'm the dream was always to go to the league with football and and just play play out my days retire as, a, as an NFL football player and it didn't pan out but my mindset afterwards was like if I'm not going to go to the league then I might as well just go like go make money that was like my biggest thing and, and what was your major? I did marketing. Marketing? Yeah. And so it's pretty, I mean, it's a evolving um, job like marketing is. And so I was like, I'll just go pursue that. And uh, all the while I felt like God was telling me to, to like, do this FCA thing. And like do it full time. But I was just kind of like, there's, there's no money in it. Because we have to, uh, for FCA, we have to raise our own funds. And so. Um, Does the athletic department help at all? Uh, no, but that's actually it's the first time someone's asked that. Maybe I should. Because I was thinking about that last week. Mm-hmm. It, just with my time here, I've seen it grow so much. Yeah. And so many student athletes are a part of it now. Yeah. Then I'm like, I mean, I think, I think yeah. there should um, definitely be conversations between yeah, FCA yeah. and the athletic department. Well, one, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. I'm going to have to think on that and see how, yeah. <laughs> how to go about that next but that's really good um but yeah so back to the story was i was i was kind of like there's no money in it and I, that's what i want right now mm-hmm. selfishly um but that was kind of my mindset but all the while like i was kind of asking god i was like well why do like why do you want me here and you know i tell people i get i got spoiled in the sense of like sometimes like god will ask you to do things and you know, he'll he won't necessarily tell you why right away, but luckily and unfortunately and unfortunately, I got it got answered for me, and so the way my answer came was what happened with Alo on campus, and so Alo had passed, or the whole thing with Alo went down that weekend. Um, FCA and a bunch of like athletes got together. And we're like, Samu, we need to do something for him. And everyone was kind of looking at me, and I was like, what do you guys, like, what do you want me to do type of thing? But Because you were close with Aaron Long. Yeah. Um, we were we were locker mates for my last two years. And so uh, we had a bunch of good interactions and, and conversations, and he came to FCA a couple times. So we really got to talk. And so it was definitely like a stab to the heart type of thing, um, hearing the, the news about him. But... Uh, yeah, everyone was basically saying, like, we, we should do something for him. So we planned a memorial um, for that following, I think it was Tuesday. We planned a memorial for the Tuesday. And at the time, FCA only served. I mean, you were there. It was like 20 people. Mm-hmm. And were you, uh, were you there that night? For the? For the F- uh, ALO's memorial? Yeah, at the, at, um, not Capitol. Um, gospel, gospel, gospel Grace. Gospel Grace, yeah. yes, I was there. And so, right, 
we were fully anticipating. I mean, I was fully anticipating like 20 people, like the regular 20 that we do. And then, I mean, you were there. There was probably 100 that we filled up in that sanctuary that night. And Aaron Lowe's mom was there, correct? Aaron Lowe's yeah. mom was there. There was a couple of coaches that came, a couple of staff members in athletics. And um, Tim, I, I, you remember? do you remember Tim? He plays the piano. Yes, yep. So Tim was there. He led worship, and he went into like a full um, off-scripted moment where he sang, where he asked everyone to sing Amazing Grace. And he stepped down, He sat down on the altar steps and sang with us. And I'm in the back of the sanctuary, just kind of taking it all in, um, getting very emotional because of the circumstances. But also, I like I felt like God was like, like these people are hurting and they're searching and they're trying to find answers. And He's like, I'm trying to use you to get them, like to get them to find those answers, which was right leading him, leading them to Him. And so, right, I, that's why I said unfortunately and fortunately he answered. That was kind of where I got mine is like there's about 587 student-athletes here. And he's like, if these 100 are searching, what do you think the other 487 are doing? And he's just like, I'm trying to use you to get to all of them. And so that's kind of where my uh, journey with FCA kind of started as, as far as staff went. And so just with anything, like with my sport or whatever it was like hobbies like I always did everything all in and so when I finally got this like confirmation um legit that next day at work I told him I was like I gotta I gotta put my two weeks in I gotta I gotta go pursue this thing with FCA like so did you have a marketing job yeah I had a marketing job at a uh, one of the bigger um car dealerships okay in uh in Utah and so I just I but I told him that next day I was I, I gotta go I was like, I gotta do this thing and um, they were very gracious for, with me and um, had didn't burn any bridges that way because honestly I was like I was ready to start that next day. <laughs> I was very eager to, but luckily that uh, still kept that relationship. But um, yeah, from there I think that was was that twenty one. Yeah, twenty two. Was it twenty two? When? Oh yeah, no, that was twenty one. Yeah, that was twenty one. Yeah. My freshman year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was twenty one and. Um, I think that was like this time, yeah, yeah, this time around then. And so, what I was doing, I was doing a bunch of miscellaneous jobs while I was trying to figure out how we get on staff. Because like the way FCA works is you're not supposed to get paid unless you're fully funded. Mm-hmm. But me and Josh's biggest thing was like, there's so much going on here that's like it can't wait for me to get fully funded. And so, what we did was like for those three, four months in the year that was left, we just took a part-time role because you can you can do ministry part-time even if you're not fully funded. So that's what we did. And then in that January of 22 is when I first be, is when I officially became on staff full-time. And so the transition of that was, it was good. Like um, Josh got to pour into me and kind of uh, helped me grow as a leader even more because he was like, it's getting to the point where you're you're becoming the face of FCA at the University of Utah, and he's like, that's fine. Um, he's like, I would rather it be you than me because you have ties there. Um, you know, I joke around, me and him joke around, like I've been around campus. I've been on campus since I was like 10 years old when I moved here. So it was just a natural fit, and it just felt like it was such a like a God thing placing me here with it. And so, um, yeah, now fast forward to now, I mean, we're here, we're fully going. Um, it's been cool to see like, 
I mentioned it a lot, and I don't know if like people would truly understand. I think you would because you were there when we were smaller. But it's just like to see what it's grown into is like, it's like crazy to think about. Yeah. And what was it like when you first went, um, when you were still a student athlete? How mm-hmm. many guys, or well, guys and girls? Yeah. yeah. When I first went, um, when Johnny initially invited me, there was probably six of us. <coughs> just football players or other student athletes? Just other student athletes. So, yeah, it was me, uh, Kyle Lanterman, Johnny Capra, Haley Hilburn, um, Ali Dickman. Oh, and then uh, Jordan and Katie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so there was, like, probably the seven of us, and there were some days where, like, some people would drop off. and um, So it really started very intimate and very small. But from that, you know, it really has grown out to this this really fun thing to be a part of. But also, like, um, I don't want to say serious, but, like, just fun. And I guess serious in the sense of, like, we can have fun, but we'll also get to the get to the heart of, of what FCA is. And um, the mission for FCA is uh, to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. And I think that's powerful because if we really think about it, like, Almost everybody, and I would dare say, like, everyone has a favorite athlete. Because, like, I think when, we, when I say athlete, people think football, baseball, right, kind of like the big sports. But, like, there's extreme sports, right? There's, like, the X Games, all those things. So those are considered athletes. Everyone has a favorite um, person they look up to, right? And, like, how different would the world look if every person was pointing you to Jesus? So that's kind of, like, where um, the mission for FCA is. Nice. Or the vision, yeah. Awesome. And when you first went to FCA, when you were in college, was Josh kind of leading that, or was it more student-athlete-led? It was a little more student-athlete-led. So Josh jumped on as state director in, I want to say, 17. So he was just getting his bearings and getting a feel for everything. Everything FCA-wide, wise before that was all student-led so like johnny went to fca in um in california where he's from ali went to fca in california was from and was they brought it here because they're like we need it it's like but there's no there's no fca in the state of utah so when josh came on in 17 it's like the revamped we're there so utah is the youngest state in terms of fca so and college-wise, I know Josh now is helping at Utah State. Mm-hmm. So is it really just University of Utah and Utah State that has it? No, we're actually in all, in all major um, college campuses. Nice. So we have SUU, Utah Tech, uh, Salt Lake Community College, Utah State, Utah. Um, BYU and UVU have a huddle. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any more that I'm forgetting. Weber? Yeah, Weber mm-hmm. State has a huddle now. So like all the big-time... Um, college campuses have them. Do you communicate with them much or not really? Um, not too much, but I do help out. I still go out to Utah State, help Josh out with those. And then Weber State, there was a girl that uh, played softball at the University of – or no, Utah State, sorry. She played softball up there, and then she is on staff now, but she's helping out in the Ogden-Logan area. So she kind of has both, but she's uh, she's she's going to be the face in Weber State. So Nice. And how much do you communicate with FCA National? Um, very minimally. So like, I think once a month we have like a meeting, like a Zoom meeting. Um, but other than that, not too much. Uh, most of my communication goes to Josh, and then Josh does more of the communication to National. Okay. Yeah. And then how about your faith journey? 
were did you grow up in a religious family mm-hmm. um pretty religious yeah. church every sunday yeah and non-denominational Catholic, yeah non-denominational mm-hmm. non-denominational and then i saw last year you got baptized yeah correct mm-hmm. now was that your se- second baptism were you baptized mm-hmm. when you were little or i was dedicated i was never baptized okay yeah so last year is that considered that's called a dedicated uh no so um when i was little i was it was a baby dedication so that, that was like my parents dedicating me to the lord type of thing but like when i uh i finally made the decision to get baptized last year how was that experience it was awesome and so um yeah like you had a mention i grew up in in faith or grew up in church um my mom's a pk is a pastor's kid so naturally we were always in church but uh um I always like heard about the Lord, but never knew Him when I was young. And so when it was time to make my faith my own, I kind of walked away. Uh, but I remember when I was, I think, 12 years old, there was a uh, we were at a youth conference, and they kind of had an altar call and just you know saying if you feel like led, like in your heart to to proclaim the Lord as your as your savior. Um, and that's what I did. I felt very connected to it. It's like, but didn't know what to do next type of thing. And so that's why I mentioned like when it was time to make my faith my own, I did it and I walked away from it. And I kind of just started uh, living kind of for myself. I was kind of in the wrong crowds and pursuing the wrong things. Was this in like middle school, high school? Or? High school, the college, early college. Okay. Um, so I never, so I gave my life to Christ at a young age, but like, never took that next step of baptism which is like publicly declaring it and so it was a whole journey coming back to the lord but um when i got i was doing this bible study about like the holy spirit and and getting baptized like i was going down the list i was like i was dedicated as a kid you know i went to church um you know, professed him as my Lord and Savior. It's like, but I never got baptized, and so I felt very convicted about that. And I was like, I need to do this. And I think, I think it was legit. Two weeks later, I got uh, ended up getting baptized at Capitol. So, cool. Yeah. And family and friends went to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, my siblings got to come. My parents, uh, a couple of the FCA athletes came out and supported. It, so it was really, it was really awesome. And then last week, a football player got baptized. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. As that? a it was it was really good. Um, it was just cool because I mean I've had a special place in my heart for uh, football. Um, during my time, like it was such a it was a good experience, but also like it could also get very dark and 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 scary and um, kind of all the things. But the yeah, I've always prayed for them. Like I just I want to see these guys. Right, get saved and and use their influence for for something um, for something good. And uh, we got to start a Bible study uh, in the summer, and that was um, an answered prayer in itself. But as we were going through it, uh, Chris is his name. Chris was like, he's like, you know, I've been walking with the Lord for some time, but never never been baptized. And so I want to get baptized. We're like, all right, let's do it. And so that was the week of Florida. And then I think what two, three weeks later now, yeah, yeah, we got to we got to finally take the plunge or get get him under the water and bring him back up. So it's been good. And was that at Capitol? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So pretty cool. I know. And then over the summer you had FCA camp. Yeah. How was that? Man, that was an experience. Like FCA. Was this your first FCA camp? It was my second, second. But this was my first one being able to bring people. So we got to bring Jenna, TJ, Carly, Maddie, and then um, Stephanie. That's the one that played the uh, softball at Utah State that's coming on at Weber State. Okay. And then Clark Phillips went, right? Did he, he did not. He did not. He did not. Okay. Yeah. He wanted to. He was trying to make it work, but with everything with the draft and oh, whatnot. Yeah. yeah. He was busy. Busy guy. So we don't blame him at all. Yeah. But. Um, that was an experience. So FCA is like FCA camp is basically three or four days dedicated to right your sport, legit your sport, and like Jesus. And so the first half of the day, right, we're practicing from probably like eight to eight to twelve to one with some breaks in there, and then we'll have like meetings or we'll have free time, and then towards the end of the night is more like. Uh, Sunday service type of thing. Uh, they'll have a speaker, worship, and then uh, a challenge for the night. Um, and so it's like, how many days and nights were it? It was was it three days, three days or four days, three nights. So um, it's just really a kind of like we, I'd say like a compact feeling of what FCA is in 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 a whole. Like we just want right take this world of sports and, and take Jesus and kind of combine them. So it was a very impactful thing because it's it's <coughs> it's the middle school through high school ages, and we really just get to introduce them um, to what FCA is, but also more importantly, who who um, Jesus Christ is. And at the end, the last night, we we uh, have an altar call where we ask them like if you. Uh, feel led to and want to like follow Jesus like we want to give you the opportunity to do so so both times 100 plus kids have gone up and and dedicated their life to to the Lord and made him their savior so it's very impactful yeah that's a cool experience Mm -hmm. being with kids and seeing them like commit themselves to Christ and um I mean, everyone has a story, too, and I'm sure yeah. a lot of those kids had stories yeah, and man. tough things they were dealing with. So to make that deci- decision at such a young age is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And was it very similar to the first time you went as well? Or, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty, they're pretty good about making it consistent, but I think it gets better and better each year. So, yeah. D- did Josh go down? Yeah. So Josh, um, so Josh and I plan on going down every year. Um, because so we help out the Arizona um, FCA camp, but our goal is to have one out here in Utah. Um, have a, like an FCA Utah camp. So every state has their their camp for the most part, and so we just help out at Arizona because we don't have our own. But like we, uh, that is the vision, hope, and hopefully soon. Oh yeah, yeah. There's so many beautiful places in Utah. I think mm-hmm. it'd be pretty cool. I think it'd be good too. I enjoyed. When we went on that retreat, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Where we went paintball. Um, Big Canyon. Big Canyon Ranch. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a good place to have it. I think that'd be sick, too. So at this FCA retreat, was it camping or were there, like, little cabins? How was Um, No, it was more like a – we say camp in the sense of, like, more of a sports camp. Um, But uh, so we – how Arizona does it, they do it at NAU, like Northern Arizona University. And we stay in the dorms, um, and then we use their facilities, whether it be their fields or their basketball courts for whatever sport. So, yeah, there was there was no tents or camping or anything like that. So, 
why do you think religion and faith pairs up with sports so well? I think there's just a lot of parallels to it. Um, and I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily like they pair up super well, but I think it's such a distinct or a different lifestyle, if that makes sense. It's it's kind of why, you know, FCI trying to make the point of like, this is just for us as athletes. Because, you know, everybody, for the most part, like everybody wants something from you guys. Um, right, whether it be like NIL deals or if it's like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I'll be in class and people find out like I'm, I'm a football player. They're asking, "Oh, how's the team going to be this year? Is, you know, so and so going to going to play?" And it's like, I, mean, I don't mind those conversations, but it's also like, and I, you you can probably speak into this too. It's like, but I'm more than just a An football athlete. player yeah. or athlete. You know what I mean? And so it's it's not like that. It's exclusive, but it's like people that get it get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I don't know if there's. Necessarily, I think there are a lot of parallels with athletics and religion, or like religion and sports. But um, I think more than anything, we just want to create a space for athletes to to feel comfortable to let their guards down and just be them. So, because they always talk about whether it be your coach or um, what is it compliance? Like, remember you you not only represent you know the team on your chest, but you represent your name on the back, and so it kind of puts a pressure on you to kind of like sit up straight and like present yourself well so we just want to create a space where people are just let their guards down and they can just be them and freely explore this idea of religion and, and Christ so yeah so you mentioned how at the time sport so important some people think it kind of defines them as a person mm -hmm. which isn't the case but mm -hmm. when you graduated when you were done with college athletics how was that transi transition was it hard at first or not really um it was kind of hard because like all all you all I've known was right the sports world and to kind of be out of it and especially with your dad too who's yeah. so involved within the sports world mm -hmm. and so I think being out of it was just kind of like a a reality check for me is like I always said like I wasn't defined by football and my sport but it was just like now that it's taken away from me or now that it's done I was like okay well maybe I did identify a little too much with it because I kind of had a little bit of like identity crisis of like I think that played into the the whole money thing like if I'm if I'm not gonna go ball and play and get money then I'm just gonna go get money uh, type of thing so I think I struggled with it a lot um, I missed it but um, I ended up coming around, coming around to it. It's just like the more I dove into um, FCA and just like my identity in Christ, it kind of I was able to separate the two. So yeah. now you obviously played college athletics. Are your siblings athletes as as well? Yeah. Yeah. So um, my sister, my older sister, um, Fua. She played at a Division Two in San Francisco. What sport? Volleyball. Yeah. And then my sister under me, she's, uh, her name's Lisa, and uh, I call her my twin. She's, like, me and her are the same in a lot of ways. But I... What's the uh, age gap? Uh, two years. So she's 23. 
Um, but she just got done. She just graduated last year from Penn State. She played volleyball over there. So she's a. I I tell people she's the athletic one in the family. She got the <laughs> she got the really good genes. So. So you just have two sisters then? Oh no, the sister under me. She played in high school, but she didn't want to carry on in, in college. So she's she went to school to be an esthetician. So. What's that? Yeah, uh, the they do all the face stuff like uh, um, eyebrows and. Oh okay. Yeah. So. And is everyone in Utah? Um, yeah. Yep. So my sister just got done. My sister under me, Lisa, she just got done playing overseas in Puerto Rico. Oh. And so yeah. she's she's going to try out for this U.S. league that's coming up. Uh, so, but yeah, we're all in Utah right now. That's so, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. And then going back to your dad, mm-hmm. you said, was he born in Samoa or was he born in the States and then they moved back? Yeah, so he was born in the States. He was born in Redwood, California. Um, a lot of my dad's family and siblings, they still live in the Bay, but they grew up in the Bay Bay Area. Um, when they when he was, I believe, early teens, uh, they moved back to, to the island. And then, uh, yeah, just just rooted there. And then a bunch of my family is still out there, but for the most part, my dad's siblings are back here in California and so are your dad's parents, are they Samoan natives? Yeah. Were they born there? Mm-hmm. Born and raised, and um, they ended up moving out here for, for some time after they got married and then started the family and then just felt um, called to go back and, and just kind of bring them up in that in that environment. So That's pretty awesome. I know. And then what about your mom's side? My mom, so she was, she was born in um, Hawaii and wasn't too far so they just moved back to she didn't spend much time there but then moved back to uh to Samoa too so my mom and dad were high school sweethearts oh wow yeah can you explain the term Polynesian to me like what mm-hmm. classifies someone being Polynesians compared to mm-hmm. not like yeah because um, it's a Pacific region yeah right, to, yeah and so it's a it's basically um a big string of islands and so poly just means like many so there's like many islands mm-hmm. um and so there there's like three different types of not types but there's three different like nesians so there's like polynesians melanesians and micronesians okay. and i think it's just solely cut off of like regions just how they cut it out but like melanesians they're kind of like you know what F- like fijians are yeah fijians are a little darker so like the melanesian is legit like darker skinned like islanders so that cutoff might be must be close to samoa right because isn't fiji relatively close mm-hmm. to samoa yeah. yeah and so um it's really just like just the, in that string of islands of polynesia that's that would identify you as a polynesian so, okay yeah and then fiji is also close to new zealand mm-hmm. is that i think they're i want to say I don't want to be wrong, so I, I'll probably just say I don't know. But they're, yeah, we're all pretty relatively close. And then so. is our Hawaiians considered Polynesians? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're the furthest, what is that? Is that north? North, they're yeah. They're the furthest north island. So, like, they're, they're kind of like the cutoff, and then everything else is south of there. Cool. So, yeah. Have, do you visit your family a lot in um, Samoa? Yeah. Um, well, not a lot, but I have. So I went back when I was like four or five, and then I went back recently in 2018 for my my dad's b- youngest brother's uh, wedding. Nice. So it was it was cool to be back there because I got to experience it young, 
but didn't remember much. And so this time I got to go back and um, really get to hear all the stories and experience and, the culture. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was awesome. That was such a blessing to me. That's where actually where I got my tattoo done. Yeah. And you got it in Samoa? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. What's some culture experiences that Samoans are known for? Yeah. Um, I think biggest one of the biggest ones is like food. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, if it's one thing we know how to do, it's, it's cook and, and eat. And so the, the Samoan food is really, I don't know, it's really good. I, I, it's probably my favorite outside of Mexican food, but... Um, so we know how to feast and and just kind of I think the other thing is just like set an environment of just like this friendliness or like family um, I think anyone that comes around whether it be um, myself my 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 home is like they they definitely feel welcome that you're gonna feel welcome and you're gonna gonna be fed and I think um, I always thought it was just like who I was or who we were so, but then going back home to Samoa I kind of like figured like that like that's the that's the vibe for everybody too so, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, um, I interviewed like a month or two ago. I interviewed Justice Peterson. Mm -hmm. you, you know Justice, yeah. right? And I don't know geographically like how close they are together. Yeah, I know it's in like the Pacific region. He did his LDS mission out in the Marshall Islands. Yeah, and he said that like um, with being on an island, even if you're not blood related, mm -hmm. you're still considered family, and they throw yeah. their big parties and food's a huge culture. Mm -hmm. Um, a huge part of the culture. So you said that was pretty neat. Yeah. We've been talking for 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> I guess for those listening that are struggling with someone or with something and trying to figure out who they are as a person, what would you say to them? Um, man, probably it's tough. Uh, it's a, I'm here to ask the big questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think. I would try to direct y'all to the only thing that really helped me um, when I was in a struggling place and trying to figure out, like, who am I on this big rock floating through space? It was, uh, that person for me was, like, Jesus and um, who he says I am and uh, telling me that I'm, I am worth dying for so that we could be made right in the eyes of our creator and just going from there. Uh, if there was one thing I could tell people is there's this verse in Psalms 23 verse 6 that stands out to me and it's like it says um, surely and the psalmist is talking to to God it says surely God your goodness and your love will follow after me for all of my days and um, in the English translation it's passive like follow after me kind of sounds passive but in the Hebrew translation follow after me comes from this word radaf, which means um, to pursue, to hunt, to to fight for. And so it's like if we put it in the context of the verse, it says that God's goodness and unfailing love will fight for us all the days of our lives. And I love that the way it's worded, there's no qualifier for it. Um, there's no like when you start living right, he'll come after you. When you start checking off these boxes, doing all these things, he'll come after you. It's like he's coming after you regardless. And so it's just opening our eyes to it and accepting it. So I would say if you're struggling to find purpose, um, identity, or belonging, I, I would say, you know, God gives that to us. So, yeah. Perfect. Thank yeah. you so much. Of course, man. Um, to go with tradition, will you sign the poster? Yes, sir.